0: Hello, it's Danny Moreno and you're listening to Just Bate.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to Just Bate. We talk about stories and experiences that hopefully inspire you because they definitely inspire us and topics that we're passionate about and hopefully you love it too. Now, here's the thing. This is our second Formula One episode. Our first one was with Deepak. If not, if you haven't heard it, go check it out. This episode, however, is with a future F1 eSports champion. And I have no doubt saying that. He's all the way from Spain, made his debut season last year. And wow, what a fantastic season he had. It's a pleasure to announce Danny Moreno in the house. Say, hey, Danny, how's everything going?
0: I'm doing great. How about you?
1: I'm great too. Thank you so much for being here. It really means a lot, the fact that you took your time and joined us for this conversation. Now, before we get into your experience and your journey, I have an icebreaker for you just to loosen loosen up the conversation and maybe to put you on spot. Now, if you had to choose a teammate from the on-track F1 grid to be your eSports teammate, who do you think would, who, who would you choose?
0: A real driver. Well, that's a difficult question. <laughs> Probably mm, it's it's difficult because I want someone that's good so that mm-hmm. he gives me a fight, but yeah. also someone that is a bit a bit worse than me so I can be <laughs> number one driver. <laughs> yeah, um, that makes sense. Uh, probably Valtteri Bottas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. I won't say anything to that, but fair enough. Now, now talking about your journey and your experience, why did you choose? Oh, first of all, how did you get into racing? And why did you choose esports?
0: Um, I got into racing now three years ago, and basically I've always had a passion for F1, but I used to play just you know just for fun, just Mm -hmm. with my with my controller. And a friend told me, hey, why don't we buy a wheel and we start driving with the wheel on simulators, like a set of course on F1.
1: Right. And
0: I said, okay, let's do it. So I got a wheel. I started playing. I started league racing as well and yeah i don't know i just started moving my way upwards i started to get signed by some esports teams outside One esports and yeah that was basically it
1: but were there any challenges while going through and signing the contract from people around you like the idea of making esports as a profession were there a lot of challenges or doubts that you faced from people
0: um well the main challenge was actually to <laughs> to Make my parents believe I could get a career out of this. Mm. I think that was a big challenge because they were like, "Okay, you just need to focus on studies. You know, I don't care about what you do because you are playing video games, basically." But when they saw that I got my first contract and I went to a LAN event, I think in in Seville, like all the way, like another place in Spain, they they thought, "Okay." So may- maybe he can actually get something out of this.
1: That's interesting you say that because so that's a great segue to my next question. What's a lot of people think it's just a video game and how hard can it be? But what's that one stereotype that people ha- have about eSports
0: drivers? I think they they underestimate how hard it is because they they just think it's a video game. Mm-hmm. You know, they think when you drive with a wheel, it's they think it's not going to be like the real mm-hmm. life. Because obviously, it's not like real life. In real life, you get the Gs, you get movement. But, you know, a lot of people don't actually have ever practiced on a simulator. So they don't know what they are talking about. And I think that's the main problem. They really don't know what they are talking about.
1: Right. That makes so much sense. Now, you also touched upon... Your time before F1 Esports while well, coming through the ranks because you were successful in the S2 Esports in 2018 and then Dreamhack Valencia and Seville. And you were also announced the Golden Helmet drive by the Mondo GT. So, how was that experience? How did that experience help you in coming into F1 Esports?
0: Wait, well, it actually helped me massively. I think it was one of the most important things that ever happened in my life because last year, well, last year, no, in 2019, so before F1 Esports and I was in a kind of a interesting place because I had a girlfriend back then. So I didn't used to play much F1. I was like only focused on my girlfriend. And yeah, sadly she left me Mm. when she left to another country. And that was, uh, you know, that was really hard for me to get Mm. back on top. But I remember Mundo GT gave me the, the golden helmet. You know, I started playing a bit, you know, started improving my setup and I actually started believing more in my in my driving. And I think that's what made the difference.
1: That's so inspiring because again, the next question is also leading to that. Because before getting into and being chosen as the McLaren Shadow Driver, you won the AOR Season 19 title. You're also known as the best PS4 driver around the world. Now, as a race car driver, what's that What's that motivating factor do you have do you have to think that you're the fastest in the grid you're the best in the world or how do you go about it what's your mentality like
0: I try not to think that I am the best because uh, I th- always think there's room for improvement and also I knew I was known for being the best PS4 driver but I thought like I my main goal was to get into F1 esports because I know the guys in F1 esports are the real deal they are the best in the world and I know to be the best in the world I had to buy a PC I had to move obviously the gaming PC changes a little bit from PS4 and I still have the same mentality like I don't want to think I am the best I know I can be the best but I think there's always room for improvement.
1: Does the work you put in so how's so I know a lot of it goes behind the scenes because I was reading an interview of yours and it said that you practice five to ten hours a day And I'm sure that must be more than physically exhausting, just mentally exhausting, because sitting behind a screen for five to 10 hours, it's not as easy because you're thinking about strategies, thinking about a lot of things, lap in and out. So before you get into the physical side of things, how do you motivate yourself during practice that five to 10 hours, I have to grind it out so that I need so that I come out on top? How do you mentally prepare yourself?
0: Well, mentally, it's really Really, really challenging. I think mentally it's it's really, really bad because basically before a, an esports event, yeah, you obviously you know the tracks. So you have to practice the three same tracks for two weeks, every day, eight hours a day. You know, you end up a bit exhausted. You end up like, oh, I just want to leave one game on the side. I just want to rest. But, you know, you have to do it. You know, you have to do that. And Also, I get quite motivated with myself actually because when I get a a world record for example I always Mm -hmm. try to want to beat it again you know I always feel yeah it's like that's how I work basically I always know there's room for improvement and yeah I always like to test new things make changes to my setups just try to really get the maximum out of everything you need to be perfect like, you, you really need to be as close to perfection as possible to race in F1 esports.
1: Wow, there's a reason that people call you the future of F1. Now, it's really interesting how you say that there was there are times when you want to get away from the game. Are there times during the season when you think that it's getting too much and I need to get away? So, if there, is, if there are times like that, how do you come back to the game? Because it's between seasons, you can't take a break. What do you do then?
0: Well... Obviously, we, we sometimes have quite a bit of fun. Like, for example, James Baldwin and I, when we used to practice, there were sometimes when we finished practice, we just, James played a lot of Call of Duty, for example. I also <laughs> like playing,
1: yeah.
0: I also like playing Rocket League. And I think that's a good way of just, you know, not thinking about it one, leaving it on the side a bit. And also, we, we actually did get rest. Like, we get, maybe one day of resting mm. and I, I think it's important actually i think it's important to rest because if not if you practice every day every day every day you know i think too much of something is bad
1: for you listeners this man is in between university exams and he took his time to come here the fact that he grinds himself to get into f and e sports and also goes to university that's saying something right now that's also my next question about how do you keep both in balance? Because you have to study for exams. And like you said, it's a busy time. You have exams coming up. You have to attend classes. But also, you have to keep your profession going. And you have to keep the love for racing going. So how do you keep them in balance?
0: Well, to be honest, <laughs> I don't even know how I keep that in balance. I really wow. don't know. It's a lot of stress. Um, it's basically the first... You wake up at 7 a.m. in the morning. You go to uni until... 2 p.m. in the afternoon and then as soon as you finish uni go back to to my house start practicing then as soon as I stop practicing go to study because I need to study like it seems basically non-stop all day and sometimes I remember going to sleep at 2 a.m. 3 a.m. because really you really don't have time I also go I work out in the gym um so yeah there's basically no time like I don't have any spare time so a lot of times where I actually wanted to go with my friends you know to have something to eat or something I couldn't because there's you don't have time
1: jam-packed day and I can't even imagine doing this but you had an incredible last season I'm sure you so what before I ask you this what was your expectation like getting into your debut season and how do you think it
0: went My expectation I my expectation at the beginning was kind of high. Like I expected myself to be to finish inside the top eight. I actually said it in an interview once. But I think my expectations were high because I never raced against those people like Frederick Rasmussen. I never had the chance to race against them. So I really didn't know how fast they were. And yeah, I remember the first event. The first event, mm-hmm. it was horrible for us. We only got six points in the first event and we finished with 80. You know, I think yeah. we've been improving a lot throughout the season and I think it's because I started to know, to really know how things work, more or less, starting to control the pressure because the pressure is absolutely insane. It's like insane.
1: Did the pressure ever get to you while racing or before racing, you, during your preparation, did that ever affect you?
0: I think... I let, at the beginning, I let the pressure get into me, Mm -hmm. especially in, yeah, in the first two events when, for example, in Canada, I remember in Canada in practice, I even was, I was faster than Jan Obmer in practice. He even told me, like, he told me he was expecting me to get pole position. And Mm -hmm. in Canada, I I ended up out in Q1. Mm -hmm. I ended up P16, for example. And that's just because of the pressure. You know, you are on a lap because you need to finish the lap. Like, it's, you need to finish it. If not, you are out. And you know, you start to shake a bit, your feet start to to wobble a bit. And yeah, I got, I remember I got invalid on my lap. So I was out.
1: This is so small, but my friend and I play online with few open lobbies and we get nervous. And the fact that you're so much under pressure and you have to always deliver. I can't even imagine because my goodness, but you spoke about Canada and Last season, I thought you had a lot of incredible races, but two stand out. One was in Silverstone, where you got a podium. And Canada, because you were down the order, but you were climbing the ladder. How do you as a driver keep yourself motivated to do that? Because come on, you were down the order, but you fought on and what, what an end. And the team also gathered so many points. So how do you as a driver before the race starts, knowing that qualifying didn't go the way you expected? but I need to deliver in the race. How do you keep that going?
0: Well, I always, when I do a bad quali, I get really mad at myself, like proper angry at myself for not performing as I should because I know I can perform a lot better. So always, I, I always know I'm going to do a good race. When I do a bad qualifying, I always know I'm going to do a good race because I believe in myself. I don't know why in, in the race I believe so much more in myself I'm not even ner- nervous for the races. Literally, I'm not nervous. Like, I just, wow. it's completely different for us uh, uh, in qualifying. So, I just, I'm not nervous. I can, you know, I feel comfortable with myself. I always have really good race pace, like really, really good race pace. So, yeah, I just start going up.
1: Pace and the fact that your confidence says a lot about you, but especially in Silverstone when you were stuck behind two cars you were also a lot patient so how do you stop yourself from making those bad moves those bad nudges that may damage your front wing how do you stop yourself from doing that because i'm sure you wanted it to, but you had to control yourself how do you keep composure and how do you set your mind in the fact that listen my time will come i just have to wait
0: well actually in the starts of an s1 e-sports race it's quite difficult to be patient because you know if you make one or two positions at the beginning of the race, it's super important, especially towards the end of the race. But then it's, it's something I learned from Jarno Omer. Jarno, for example, always manages the, the ERS system really mm-hmm. well. So yeah. he always, as he manages really well, he always has really good race pace towards the end. So what I learned to do that. And yeah, that's the main thing because I, I'm just patient. I just stay behind them let them use all of their batteries and i just stay behind not using any at all which makes it really easy for me in the last laps to just use all my battery and overtake everyone
1: hello before we get any further into this episode i just wanted to quickly let you know that we've partnered with said that's s-e-d-b-o-i they're basically a clothing company started with the aim of spreading mental health awareness they have some really cool, fresh, minimalistic designs and they make some amazing hoodies of the highest quality. Not only hoodies, even other clothing, apparel, etc. Apart from this, 20% of all their proceeds goes to the Minds Foundation, so definitely do check them out. Also, you can enter code JUSTBATH, that's J U S T B A A T, on any purchase that you make and avail a discount of up to 15%. Definitely do check them out. Link will be in our link tree. Cheers. That's actually really smart, and that's what—that's exactly almost what you did in Canada, too, to gather so many places. You also spoke about your teammate, James Baldwin, and how he's known as the fastest race car driver in the world. Because it's your debut season and you were alongside with him, what are the things that you learned or picked up from him, or things that you exchanged? Maybe he learned something from you. How was the relationship like, and yeah, how did things go with him?
0: Well, the relationship was brilliant. We are really, really good friends right now. And yeah, at the at the beginning I know I was like really scared, like I really? was quite shy. I was quite shy like, oh uh, I'm gonna be partnered with like the world's fastest gamer. Mm. You know, I, I need to I need to be up there with him. So but then I started talking with him and you know, you actually realize he's a normal human being, like all of us, you know, and you can just start talking with him. I think he helped he helped me a lot to relax. Before the races and in practice, you know, I don't know why he just like his natural being makes me kind of relaxed. And he also learned a lot from me because I knew obviously more of F1 than him because he obviously didn't play F1 as much. He plays on a lot more simulators. Mm -hmm. So I showed him a lot of stuff that he didn't know and we actually got so much better, both of us, towards the end of the season, which is really good.
1: Yeah, it is good. The fact that teammates work well is something that should always happen. JD from TRL Limitless and Ben Daly from TMX Marduk and other, other YouTubers and a lot of esports fan, fans, including myself, think of you as the next esports champion, the future of F1. I keep saying it because I think it's true. Now, what are your expectations from the few, few seasons coming up? Of course, there's this season, but the next few seasons. What are your expectations from the next few coming years?
0: Well, my expectation is obviously to go higher than where I've been right now because I got this season, I got 70 points and I finished P8 on the championship, only 29 points behind Bear Snake who finished P5, which I think is amazing considering how bad I started. So, obviously, now I don't know if you realized, I don't know if you saw the last event, like my qualifying, I was always on the top. On mm-hmm. the last qualifiers, mm-hmm. which really shows mm-hmm. how much I improved my my self controlling the pressure. Mm-hmm. So my expectations for this next season is to be a championship contender. Uh maybe if I don't win it, it's okay, but I want to be at least a championship contender. You know, be up there getting podiums, getting more consistent podiums, possibly wins. And for the next seasons, I want to be champion.
1: I really hope you do because that's all I'm rooting for. Now, like you said, how you were talking to James Baldwin and you were shy. That's exactly what was happening to me before you came on to the show because I was thinking about how can I talk to him? I've seen him so many times. I've seen him on F1 and I was I was quite intimidated myself. But I have one question for you and this might sound funny, but now that you've done so much in F1 eSports, you've had an incredible season. Now, when you go back to your parents, do they still ask you to study and write exams and do well? Or have yeah, they, okay. have they, cool, <laughs> oh, really still?
0: Yeah, they still, obviously they know this, like they know I can really, I can get a future if I work hard in this. But they also want me to study because at the end of the day, we don't know if in the future something's going to happen and I have to quit everyone esports. Uh, but if I continue studying, you know, I will still have the opportunity to get a career studying. It will always be there. So, yeah, that's why yeah. they tell me to keep studying.
1: Yeah, fair enough. I mean, that makes sense. Now, I have one last question before we end this. What is something that brings you happiness? Is it the drive? Is it the fact that you can represent McLaren in F1? Or is it the victories that brings you happiness? What, or the process, the behind the scenes, what's that one thing that makes you happy about the whole esports
0: scene? About the whole esports scene that makes me happy. Oof. It's, it's kind of a hard question, but probably, I don't know, just being part of it. Like, mm-hmm. I always had this dream, you know, of being here one day. I thought, as I told you with my, with my girlfriend, it was my first girlfriend like two years ago. And yeah, I was like kind of thinking that was my only happiness. Like she was my only happiness. And I actually was completely wrong. You know, I think happiness is inside of all, all of us, in ourselves. And yeah, I'm just really happy I I believed in myself and managed to get here.
1: What a beautiful message that is. Man, I got chills when you said that. That's incredible. Now, again, I said one last question, but I want you to say one last thing for those people who think who can become future maybe F1 eSports champions or getting into racing or even eSports, for example. What do you have to say to them? If How much should they try or how, when should they decide that this is not it? What do you have to say to those kids coming up and looking up to you and getting inspired by you?
0: Um, the first thing I would say is love what you do. Because I love racing. I love, I've always wanted to be a real life racing driver. But obviously, as you need a lot of money to race nowadays. And yeah, I just like, this is a lot cheaper than real life racing. So it's a way to enjoy my passion. So first thing is obviously love what you do and work hard. Like be ready to work hard. Because if you work hard, you will get there. No matter what people say because I remember a lot of people telling me a lot of stuff back in the day. Don't ignore them. Just work on yourself, work on track, you know, and they talk outside the track, but you as a driver, you need to talk inside the truck, you know?
1: Man, what a way to end the episode. It's 2.30 a.m. in India, by the way. And I, I'm telling you, I'm so pumped up right now because of what you said. Guys, you guys listening, you know what he said, and I'm sure you guys are pumped up as well. What a way to end this. I think this is one episode that's ended so beautifully well. And thank you, Danny. I still can't believe I'm having a conversation with you and I'm talking to you. But thank you so much for joining it. It meant a lot to us. It still means a lot to us. And, man, thank you so much. I hope you do well. I hope in the next few seasons we see you as the crowned world champion. And I wish you luck, man. Thank, thank you so you much. So much man. Yeah, thank you so
0: much, man. Thank you so much.